When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Oh, that new doctor is dropped at gorgeous. Oh, please, he's just another RV League educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different. Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the OR. Stat. Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little... When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Hey, 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 I'm Steve Whiteman from Kicks, and you are listening to Cobra and Fire. Rock is not dead. Welcome to a special edition of Cobras and Fire, featuring special guest from Kicks, lead singer Steve Whiteman. Wake up, Absolutely uh, good to hear. Uh, well, let me uh, welcome to the program uh, Steve Whiteman, the lead singer of Kicks, of course. You have a new solo album out July 2nd called You're Welcome. And like you just kind of touched on when we were talking there, concerts are back. You just played Freedom Fest. My co-host was there and said you guys were dynamite that night. Um, oh. And, of course, back at M3. Um, well, you know what? Tell me a little bit about Freedom Fest. Have you guys played that before? You know, we have. We did it a couple of years ago. Um it's, uh, it's it's out in the middle of nothing, <laughs> but uh, there was a lot of fans there, and it rained all day long. We we did two shows. We did a show up in North Dakota, Dickinson, North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Rained on that show. Went to Denver. Rained all over that show. So it means it's probably going to rain this Friday too. Oh boy! Uh, yeah. Well, my buddy confirmed that the the weather wasn't great, but he said the crowd didn't seem affected by it. They were just so happy to be out and yeah, and seeing. Excellent. Um, well, and then what about M3 is kind of almost, your, it's in your backyard. You guys are pretty much a staple there. Yeah, that, that's our loyal fans, the fan base for over 40 years. And, you know, we're like the local rock heroes. that They, they claim us as their own, and 
they always come out and support us. We can we can draw like ten, twelve thousand people there. So that's that's why they decided to let us be a headliner on our own night. With everything that's gone on the last year and uh, all of our advancing age, was there any trepidation when uh, they they started basically making it a, a okay to go back out and, and play shows again? Well, we all got vaccinated, so we weren't worried about ourselves, um, and everybody was just ready. Everybody, <laughs> you know, we did these dumb shows. We played some guy's house over through the pandemic. We played uh, some cornfield with bales of hay six feet apart. We did a couple <laughs> drive-in shows, which were actually the closest thing to a real show, but it was just dumb shit that we had to play. So getting back to normal, we just played – Dallas and Houston a couple weeks ago. We played Florida. Just got back from uh, North Dakota and Denver. So, you know, we're back at it. And no, no trepidation at all. We're ready. Right on. Um, and, and one of those kind of, I don't know, we'll just say not normal oddball, like as you might have mentioned there, just a bit back, you were involved in a live stream event, um, The Decade That Rocked. Uh, for, the, for, for those of us that didn't get to see it, tell me a little bit about that. What'd you do? Mark, Mark Weiss just reached out to me. We, we have a a long relationship with Mark. He's he shot album covers for us. He's, he's been to shows. He's, he's put us in magazines. We've known Mark for a long time. So he reached out to me and asked me to be a part of it. And being an old friend, I said, of course I'll be a part of it. So, and he sent me his book and it, it's pretty amazing. All the, all the people that he's met, all the photos he's taken. So I was, I was uh, proud to be a part of it. Uh, and what, what was it like? A, it, there was such a big list of uh, guests that were there. Did you perform as yourself, or was it kicks, or what kind of deal was that? Actually, no. It was just it was just interviews. It was just oh, okay. out people that that were that Mark had had photos in the past, and you know, telling stories of of your favorite photos that Mark took. It was it was the build Mark got to sell his book, basically. Oh, got it. All right. So so Mark was doing the interviewing, or was somebody else? There was somebody else, but Mark was involved. Okay. Uh, well, and then getting back to the live music thing, I, I went to your website today. You have dates basically booked through the end of of this year. Uh, so, of course, anybody that wants to find out more of that, uh, go go to the Kicks website and check all that out. But yeah, it's 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 definitely happening, man. Yeah, yeah, and you know these are all makeup dates from we have makeup dates going into twenty twenty two now. So yeah, we're going to be busy, but you know we asked for it, so here we go. Um, the last time we talked, you had just done that uh, "Blow My Fuse," you've kind of basically a full dial down remix with Bo Hill. Um, since that time, though, you've kind of done the same thing with "Midnight Dynamite" relit. Uh, how, how has the reaction been to that? Well, unfortunately, we released that during the pandemic, so <laughs> um, we weren't able to get out and alert the masses like we wanted to. But you know, that was kind of Bo's idea after he after he redid "Blow My Fuse" and everybody praised it so much and how much better it sounded and how he cleaned it up um Bo came to a show in houston that we played and we talked to him after the show and he said you know i'd like to have another crack at midnight dynamite i think i think i could take that to another level and we said go for it because mark shanker our bass player had had the masters and so gave him the bow and Bo went at it and, and and come up with relit and again I don't know if, if the, the normal ear is going to hear a huge difference, but, man, do we hear a huge difference. Well, I saw that that's available on, on, the, on the, of the website, of course. Uh, is it streaming anywhere? or? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's on uh, <laughs> uh, Amazon and iTunes and all, all right. that stuff, as, as is my album. And people who want to look for my new album, if you just go to the Kicks, K 
kicks.com and hit the merch, it'll take you to Right Rock Sportswear, which handles all the kicks merch, and you can find it there. You can find all that stuff, Relit, Bloke, Feast 30, all that stuff. Well, let's get into that. The new album, of course, is called You're Welcome. Um, now, you would have done your first Kicks record, I don't know, almost 40 years ago. Do you think you're, ru- you, do you think you're rushing into a solo career right now? Or? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, when when Kicks uh, stopped playing in 1995, I started a band called Funny Money. Mm-hmm. And I wrote basically the, those first three albums myself, so... But so people think, well, you've already had solo records. But no, I recorded those under a band name with band guys and had their input. But this is the first record that I put out that I wrote everything and I played everything on the demos and, and invited people to come in and, and help me uh, spice it up a bit. So this is actually my, my very first solo. But I have I have done other things under the, the, the band name Funny Money. Mm-hmm. No, I'm familiar. Um was there any time in the past that maybe you had considered doing just a Steve Whiteman straight up solo record? Not really. I mean, uh, this, this opportunity just kind of fell in my lap. Um, Jimmy Chalfont and Brad Bivens were, were recording cover songs in Brad's studio. He was just trying to get some experience and, and inviting people over and just recording stuff and then putting it up on Facebook. And then Jimmy said to him one day, he said, you know, Steve's sitting on a pal a pile of, of songs. Why don't we come over here and listen to a couple of them? Maybe we, we can record a couple of them. So I took my songs over to Brad and Jimmy and Brad and I sat down and listened to all 12 tracks that are on the record. And Brad looked at me and said, let's do them all. And I said, hmm. well, we're making a solo album then, aren't we? He goes, yes, we are. <laughs> wow. Um, what about the it wasn't, type? It wasn't, it wasn't anything that was preconceived or, you know, it was in the back of my mind. It just kind of fell into my lap, and we we went with it. Kind of something that uh, was almost like with the lockdown and everything. It kind of made it made it happen. It made it convenient. Yeah, I mean, everybody was home. Everybody was looking for something to do, and everybody got excited to have something to do. And so, you know, we worked at it. It was, it was a weird record because Jimmy did like ten of the of the drum tracks from his house. I did two drum tracks at Brad's studio. Brad played a lot of bass and some rhythm guitar. And Bob Perry was essential in coming in and and making everything sound like it was in the studio live because Bob had a, a preconception for every song. This song needs this guitar and this guitar sound. And so he, he had ideas that I never would have thought of and made a huge difference in the sound of the record. And Brad's bass playing made a huge difference. He's the guy who's kind of filling in for Ronnie right now, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah, okay. Ronnie's, Ronnie's in recovery right now. So, you know, we want him to get better and, and have a complete recovery. And then, you know, um, we keep saying that the door's open, but it's, it's entirely up to him if, if he can make it back. Yeah. Uh, and has Bob been the guy that's always been the, the you know, This is not the first time something like this has happened with Ronnie, but has Bob always been the guy that you brought in? Well, this is the first time we brought anybody in when it's happened before, and it's happened several times in the past. Brian would just do all the guitar parts. Okay. He would do it four piece. So, and we almost brought Bob in a couple of years ago when Ronnie Ronnie got drunk on stage, and we were we were just fed up at that point. And we had three huge shows that weekend. We were playing in front of thousands of people, so we we couldn't make the move that week. And then Ronnie cleaned up and got you know got to the point where he could he could function again. So it was always a hit or miss with Ronnie. You never knew what you were going to get. So. This time was different because he, he actually can't come to the show. So we had to get 
somebody to come out and, and replace it. Because it wasn't fair to Brian to continue to do this fourth piece. And it's not fair to the fans to only have half the music being played. So Bob was our first choice, and he's done an amazing job. And I got to ask, because Brad Divins, you know, he was on, he was in the band to begin with as a guitar player. Was there ever at any point asking him to to do it? Um, you know, Brad's got a pretty good career as a front house engineer. And he's currently working with Enrique Iglesias. And, and okay. that's, a pr- that's a pretty big gig. Yeah. He, he's, he's done front of house for a lot of big bands and he's mixed a lot of live shows. So. He's got another career, and the you know the studio that that he built in his house is just like a side thing for him. So, um, actually, no, never it never even crossed their mind that 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 Brad would even consider doing it. Was there? Uh, I don't I don't know the backstory of why he even left. Was there any kind of falling out? Have you just been friends over the years? It was just something that happened. Brad took Ron's place on the Cool Kids album because once again, oh, it goes back to that. All right. Okay. It goes back that far. And then Ronnie cleaned up, and the, the record company was, was urging us to get Ronnie back in. They just felt that, that the look and the sound and the, the presentation of the band was suffering without Ronnie. So, you know, Ronnie got clean and sober, and, and we got, you know, Brad um, just just stepped down, and, and he went on to start a band called Rap Child America. Mm-hmm. That's done great. So, But when we started doing this record, it was like, getting reconnected with Brad was, was really special to me. Okay. So it had been a while. All right. Well, that's, that's yeah. kind of nice to hear. Yeah. What about the title? You're welcome. Uh, how did you come to, to determine that was going to be what it was called? I do this bit during our shows. When I get done a song, I always say, thank you. And, oh. <laughs> and nothing happens. And I, and I have to correct them. Go, you know, it's, it's polite to say you're welcome when somebody says, thank you. So I get the whole crowd after every song to yell, you're welcome. Yeah, and I've witnessed. It, 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 <laughs> I should have put that together. Out. I feel like an idiot now. No, that's okay. And, and, and same with uh, the, the album artwork, which I got credit for. <laughs> um, that little stick man, that just, that's something that I started in 1981 doing, doing in-stores. And people would ask me to write something special for them. And I'm like, I'm running out of shit to say. Yeah. So I said, I'm just, I'm just going to give you a little portrait. And I do that, that, did that little stick man. And now everybody wants a stick man when I sign shit. The right. And uh, I, I love that story. Um, what I'm, you just touched on a little bit on who played on the record. Is there anybody else that you didn't mention that's on here? Yeah. I mean, uh, my old buddy from funny money, Dean Kramer come in one day and, and lay down some solos on like four tracks and, he, he came in, very professional, very prepared, come in and, and did, did a great job. And Bob did a, did a lot of lead playing and a lot of rhythm playing. I got to play some rhythm guitar. Brad played play some rhythm guitar. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a group effort. And you mentioned you played some drums. I had no idea. Are you, uh, how good of a drummer are you? Drums was my first instrument. In fact, when I joined Kicks, when we were called The Shoes, I joined as a drummer slash singer. So... I'm a pretty accomplished drummer. I've been okay. playing drums for most of my life. Did you ever play on any Funny Money records? Or how about, did you ever play on a Kicks record? No, never. Okay. Jimmy wouldn't allow that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you wrote all the songs. I think you kind of touched on it that was heading that way, but was there anybody that you pulled in to help with that at all at any point? No, I wrote all the songs. Roddy was, was coming by and helping me just throw some, some uh, solos down on some stuff because I can't stand not hearing something in a lead section. That's why there's so much harmonica on this record, because 
I just threw harmonica in it thinking, well, when we record this stuff, I'll, I'll let them do the leads. And uh, everybody liked the harmonica stuff that I did, mm-hmm. so we left it alone. Nice. Uh, well, your voice sounds fantastic. Not everybody of your ilk uh, is in the same situation. I'm not uh, getting into that too much, but I just wanted to pay you that compliment. It's a, well, thank you. It's a very cohesive-sounding record, too. But uh, well, let, let's get into a little bit. I, I, I love the opening track, Easy. Um, it's such a fun... Just, it's a perfect way to kick this record off. It really sets the tone. I, I thought the same thing. I, um, I, I like the diversity of this record. I mean, no two songs sound alike. The tempos are all, all over the place. Um, I tried to fill it with as much melody and harmony as I possibly could. I wanted to keep it light and, and have have juvenile funny lyrics, which is what I do. <laughs> and and I, I think I think it all came together really well. I agree. Uh, you know, and a good example of what you're talking about, the song Shock was one that really uh, clicked with me on the first listen. But that really kind of stands out. You know, it is a little different tempo, especially at the beginning there. Um, what was the, uh, how did that come together, I guess, is all I'm getting at. Shock. I, I, I was listening to iTunes one day and an older kick song came up called Cold Chills. And I'm like, I always like that that mood, that that tempo, that feel for for a song. So I I took that as an influence and come up with shock. Nice. And then you just kind of kind of built a song around the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, writing a song is is sitting down in the basement and coming up with sections, and then I put the sections together and move them around like a puzzle until I feel like that's the, that's the right arrangement. And then I wait for a song title to come to my head. Mm-hmm. Then I just make up a bunch of shit and write about it. <laughs> was there uh, was when from was all of this written kind of for this, or was there stuff that you'd had sitting around from the past that you kind of dug up? Um, it was stuff that I've been writing for about the past three years, and uh, except for the song "Strip," that one's that one's been around for probably eight or ten years, and um, I never ever liked the verse on, on the, on my original idea. So when I come up with that new verse idea, that's when the song popped. And that's okay. when I thought, yeah, this, this is good. We, I need to put this on. Well, I was hoping these songs were going to be kick songs, or at least some of them would be kick songs, but um, kicks just doesn't have any future plans of making an album at this point. And I thought, I'm just going to go ahead and, and get this stuff out because it's just going to sit on a shelf if I don't. And it's a real subtle title, that song strip. Would you care to elaborate on what the song's about? Yeah, I mean, everybody's <laughs> going to think it's about taking your clothes off, but it's actually about getting into a new relationship, and everybody puts up a facade, and huh. nobody nobody lets their true self be, be seen or, or heard. So as you get to know one another, those layers start to peel away, and you get to know the real person. I actually, you know, and I use the double entendre of, of taking your clothes off. It's the same thing. Right. Is does that mean there's a deeper meaning to prick teaser than I took away from it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That bitch is a slut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I was one for two then. Uh, another another <laughs> another track I liked a lot was Bad Blood. That'd be a fun one to to kind of hear the final result on. Yeah, um, and that's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, it's, it's relationships that went sour in my life, and uh, um, to me that that could have been a kick song, but. Uh, Oh yeah, it's, it's it's a nice high energy song to, to add to this record to, to give it the diversity that I was talking about. And then you wrote the song "Kid Dynamite" for Ronnie. We touched on a little bit some of the struggles he's had. Um, as someone who's known him as long as you had, and just it, it, it's clear to me anyway that I I really don't have a, a true understanding of 
how deep this goes, the fact that you brought this up, that it was is going back to even the second record you've been dealing with this, that has to be kind of difficult on a professional and a personal level to kind of like kind of balance the two. I mean, this is a very blunt song. It is, and and Ronnie Ronnie was actually helping me work on the demo. He was helping me with putting solos to it, but it wasn't called Kid Dynamite at the time. It, it was about addiction and and battling it, but it was. I think the lyrics were much milder, and as Ronnie proceeded to get worse and worse, I went back in and revisited the lyrics and just told it like it was. And uh, um, I remember remember J.J. Walker going, Kid Dynamite! And that, that, that hit me as a, as a song title, because Ronnie is Dynamite on stage. Mm-hmm. So I, I just thought Kid Dynamite would be a perfect title and tell his story. Yeah, it comes across well, and it also it can probably translate... To other people dealing with you know similar situations, I, I would I would guess, but sure, yeah, I would hope. Well, this whole record, um, it definitely has a fun kind of classic rock, hard rock feel to it. It kind of harkens back to you know to I don't know. I would just say towards the the early eighties that kind of stuff. But uh, so the song, do you do me like you've done before? To me, when I got to that part, especially where it was put in the record, it almost felt like this was like a theme song for the album. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's a sec. I can't, I can't remember the when the song kicks in. There's the opening line there. I, I'm sorry. It's after. It kind of opens up with that kind of like lighter little. Um, right. And then, but when it booms in, your opening lyric there kind of made me like God. It's almost like he's saying because the album kind of gives you that feel of like you know if you've been a fan of this music for a long time like I have or someone like yourself who's been doing it for a long time, it kind of pulls you back there. Now it's not not literal, but you know it, it kind of had that vibe to me. Yeah, I, I get that. That song's just about somebody. That you know, you get married and the sex life goes to hell. And then the kids, <laughs> the kids grow up and leave. Okay, it's time to play again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, just like the eighties. Um, <laughs> well, the, well, the album closes with uh, um, "Shook Me in My Shoes," uh, which to me, like you mentioned, one of the other songs, "Bad Blood," I think it was, uh, could fit on a kick record. This had a very kick sound to me. Yeah, that's just another. That, that's fantasizing about being being the guy that gets the hot girl, and it's and it is just a fantasy. <laughs> nice. Um, and I've I've mentioned a couple times. This does have a really good flow to it. It's it's very easy to listen from beginning to end. There really isn't. And you you described it yourself. No song kind of sounds repetitive. It does kind of have a nice freshness to it. It does have kind of that that kind of classic feel. Kind of it's basically who you are. But it, it, at the same time, it sounds current. You know what I mean? You don't sound ridiculous singing any of these things it 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 sounds really nice um did you spend a lot of time uh sequencing i guess is where i'm headed with this uh yeah actually i did and and i had some help from from the from the guys i had a i had a different sequencing that initially and then uh jimmy and bob came to me and said you know maybe maybe we should put this here and that there so i give those guys a little credit and help me figure that out um, you, it, for a solo album, it seems like you really uh, enjoyed the collaboration aspect of this. Absolutely, because I was I, Kicks was not a collaborating band. It was it was a one man ruling party. So you know, having the opportunity to work with people and giving them the freedom to, with their ideas to come in, um, that's what songwriting and bands should be about. But it never was like that for us and Kicks. So that's that's the way I like to work now. That's a, that's a, oh, that's a lot of fun to hear, especially for fans you know, that go back a long way. It's nice to hear people like doing music and hearing that they're actually enjoying the process of making it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, like I say, if people don't know the the backstory of what we had to deal with in kicks, it, it, it wasn't always a lot of fun. 
but it, it was it was something that was too important to us to walk away from. So we just kind of endured. Well, uh, you, you you sort of brought it up, so I'll just ask: Have you talked to Donnie since the last time we talked? <laughs> I haven't talked to Donnie since 1995. All right, I can't find anything on him. Do you have any idea? Is he is his whereabouts unknown? We don't have a clue. In fact, no. My last conversation with him, I was putting out my first Funny Money CD, and there was a song that him and I had co-written, one of the few, and I just wanted to call and let him know that I was going to use that song. And he, he reamed me an asshole. I mean, he just tore tore into me. I, I took away his writing vehicle. I screwed his life up. I did this. I did that. I suck. So I thought, I'll just let him rant. And after he was done, I just said, I'm sorry you feel like that. And hung up. And I haven't talked to him since. Uh, understood. Um, well, on a more positive note, the album is called. I'm going to take a hard left here, Steve. Uh, the album uh, is called uh, You're Welcome from Steve Whiteman out July 2nd. So if you're listening to this, I believe that the album will be out. Uh, this comes out, I think, the day of. Um, so where, tell us where we can get it. You can go to kicks.com and hit the merch tab, and it should take you to Right Rock Sportswear. And just hit Steve Whiteman, you're welcome. Or you can just go directly to Right Rock Sportswear. It's R-I-G-H-T, Right Rock Sportswear um, merch, once again. And you can download it from iTunes, Amazon, all that good stuff. Are there any plans to do like a solo show or anything like that? Um, because Kix is going to be so busy with all these makeup shows, the only opportunity would maybe be in January and February. Brian just rejoined rhino bucket which, which was his pet project when he wasn't doing kicks right and they they always did a european tour that time of year so if, if and i think they're going to do it again this year or next year so if they do that that would be an opportunity if everybody wanted to and if brad wasn't out on the road to get together and go out and do a couple shows and play this music for the fans i think that'd be a lot of fun um yeah it would Steve, I really appreciate your time. All the best this summer. Uh, staying active with Kicks, of course. Everybody, go out and check Kicks. Uh, I, I've caught you guys a couple times. Always been a live, sh- uh, uh, an excellent show. My sister is a diehard fan. Has seen at least fifteen or twenty shows out there in the Maryland area. Over, and go, she's a Funny Money follower. All that good stuff. So I never, never tire of uh, hearing those stories. But it's always good to talk to you, Steve. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, I'll let you get uh, to a swimming pool. You got it. Hey, Jason, it's Steve. Sorry about that. Not a problem. Thanks for calling me back. And uh, uh, Yeah, I figured uh, 
I'm it's a it's a hundred degrees here today, so I want to get the hell out of this house and go sit by a pool. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits, perfect for seeing Taylor Swift the Eras Tour, presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. Hmm, no. You know, we really lost our stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.